And then there are times where he's like, God, what are you doing? God, what am I doing? Where are we going? Where are we kind of heading? And in these passages uh, and in this song of David that we're going to be sharing on in in Psalms 24, uh, it's believed that uh, it is a song that was sung as they were bringing the ark of God into Jerusalem. So most commentators believe that that's what was happening when they were singing uh, this song. And it's it's made up in three kind of movements. So verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 24, uh, again, David is giving praise to God, who is the creator of all things. He's exalting God. He's saying, uh, you know, you are, you are the Lord who, who created all these things. And then in verse uh, 3 to 6, uh, David inquires, you know, about an appropriate way to come to the Lord. You know, how do we, how do we come to God? Who, who can come into uh, the high places of God, and, and he gives an answer in uh, that verse, and then uh, in verses 7 through to 10, he speaks of the anticipation of uh, the king of glory, and so we've got this song which has a narrative about, uh, you know, what David uh, ex- is experiencing and, and seeing and feeling, and uh, it's in verse 4 that we find uh, what uh, many have called the virtues of integrity, or the qualities Uh, that add value to integrity. And so we're going to read from Psalm 24, verses 3 to 5, and we have it here in the New King James Version, uh, where we find these qualities for us to aspire to. It says, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? And here's where we come across our four virtues. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, he who has lifted up his soul, he who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Virtues adding value to integrity. Clean hands, pure heart does not worship other idols in honest speech. You know, integrity is defined as the quality of being honest uh, and having strong moral principles. That's, that's quite a defining statement towards the end, having strong moral principles. You know, I had a look at uh, 10 businesses. I looked up 10 businesses randomly, had a look at their values for their business, Seven of those ten businesses had integrity as a value. Uh, the other three uh, that didn't have integrity, one of them had it, but they didn't call it integrity. They called it uh, honest speak and honest talk. Uh, so honesty and being um, upfront. And uh, the reason why I looked at that is, uh, is because for us at, at uh, Westcon, where I work um, part-time, uh, we also have integrity as one of our values. Uh, as a business. And so, uh, like so many teachings in the Bible, uh, I think we kind of see, and we're going to see over the next four weeks, uh, that the values that we kind of hold true in our approach to God are in fact the same values that the world outside the church value from people that they have clean hands and honesty. 
that they have pure hearts in what they do. Debatable about the idols one. And so over the next four weeks, our hope is that as we look uh, at how we approach God uh, in our attitude and in our actions, uh, which is key to note that uh, you'll also be able to see how those same actions and attitudes can serve you uh, in life. Because attitude is of huge value uh, to our spiritual life, it's of huge value to uh, our professional life, and it's of a great value to our personal life. And so if you're taking notes this morning, uh, the first value of integrity, integrity, sorry, I just had to slow my brain down so my mouth could catch up. Uh, the first value of integrity this morning is for us to uh, have clean hands. <coughs> sorry, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, and so I want to get practical this morning. And to have clean hands, uh, you know, we can think of a lot of things, uh, a lot of different things, but to have clean hands uh, refers to our actions being clean. Our actions uh, and the intentions towards uh, God and towards people uh, being clean. That our actions aren't harmful or hurtful or selfish in their intentions, uh, that our actions uh, and that the actions of our hands aren't seeking to, to kind of uh, bring others down uh, or even ruin others in the process of trying to, to get ahead and that our actions in every area of life are honoring and serving um, of God and of people with integrity. You know, in my, uh, in my other job at Westcon, uh, we often export uh, computer equipment, IT equipment. Uh, and if you've uh, done anything with exports before, you'd know that uh, there are certain countries that are on what they call an embargo list, uh, which simply means that you cannot ship anything to that country. And, and so, uh, you know, there are reasons why uh, they have that. And then underneath, uh, underneath that, which is a pretty much guiding principle, there's a whole lot of complexities uh, with exporting uh, and it gets uh, a little messy and very messy uh, at times. But because uh, we manage the warehouse, um, my boss and I in our office, uh, and because we kind of manage uh, the warehousing systems for the business, when people get completely stuck trying to export something out of the country, the people they come to is us. So our, our office is the last port of call where they kind of walk in and go, we need to do this, um, and, and what can we do? And almost always, uh, my, almost always, my boss and I will find that we can work something around the process to make what they want happen. Have you ever experienced that when someone wants something from you and you can always find a way to make something happen? But just because we can make it happen doesn't mean that we should do it. I had a scenario when, um, while my boss was away, uh, one of our team came in and said, we need to get this item shipped out. Uh, we need it done urgently. Uh, the customer wants it on the plane today. Didn't go through any other process. They just decided that there was this change that needed to get moved. And I had to make a call on it. 
I've had a scenario where people have come in and they've gone, oh, we've got this stock which belongs to someone else sitting on our shelf. We now have another customer who wants it. Can we take that stock which belongs to someone else and use it to fulfill another customer's order because they want it in an hour? And both times, uh, both times I remember very clearly saying, uh, it's possible, but I'm not doing that for you. You know, there are times when we're going to encounter conversations, when we're going to encounter an action, when we're going to encounter uh, some activity uh, that just doesn't feel right and we know isn't right and we know can cause harm um, to people and we know uh, can cause offence to others and can bring people down. And uh, to have clean hands, uh, I believe in a practical sense, is to be able to identify those times and to choose to do the right thing. To stand for what we know is right. Identifying those actions that might lead us to sin against God, that might lead us to sin against people, that might lead us to cause offense, uh, and to say no. You know, I discovered later on in both of those scenarios that uh, that I said no to, that eventually they got actioned higher up the chain. And you know what? That's okay by me. I knew that I was clear. I knew that I did what was right uh, in saying no. And I knew that um, the decision that I made didn't dishonor God uh, because potentially it was breaking laws. And that the decision I made uh, didn't dishonor the people that those laws were created to protect. And so the question for us this morning is when it comes time for us to make a decision, when it comes time for us to act uh, on something in every area of life, in the marketplace, in our personal relationships, in society, in a society that looks more to the acceptance of individuals' own ideas and beliefs than it does to godly views? Will we stand for God and will we stand for what is right? With clean hands and integrity. Long question, eh? Glad we recorded it. And so I have three key questions uh, to consider when you're faced with uh, a tricky decision around your actions. Three um, key questions that, that are good to ask uh, whenever you kind of come to a crossroad where you have to make a decision uh, that might uh, even be against what you believe is right. And the first uh, question to ask is, what does God's word say? You know, for everything that we're facing, um, you know, I, I, I do believe that with, with anything that we might ever be facing, there is teaching in the Word of God for that. There is wisdom and instruction from God's Word for your circumstance. It might not look the way we want it to look. It might not happen the way we think it should happen. 
But I believe as we look to God's word and to what God's word says, uh, that we will find uh, answer for those situations. And that's why uh, I believe it's so important we're engaged in our Bibles beyond Sunday services. Amen. You know, it is impossible to teach you everything you could possibly need to know on a Sunday morning for 30 minutes. But I believe that in this book, if you search it, uh, you'll find what you need. And that the Holy Spirit will counsel you through uh, what you need. You know, 2 Timothy 6, uh, 3 verse 16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to, know, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us uh, when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. You know, the principle is true in every area of life. All scripture is God-inspired. Amen? And useful to teach what is right. You know, there are two teachings out of scripture that I always try, um, try to keep in mind as a leader, uh, especially in, at WestCon in, in the marketplace uh, in dealing with people. And the first is um, biblical teaching on godly order. So, you know, what, what does the Bible teach me about honoring those who are above me? What does the Bible teach me about honoring God, um, honoring, uh, you know, the things of God above what other people might want me to do? And then how do I apply that? So the Bible teaching about godly order uh, and honoring, honoring and serving the leaders uh, who are over me, uh, both at WestCon and within the Elam movement. Uh, and then the second is uh, biblical teaching uh, about loving people. Taking loving people into the marketplace. Treating people with grace, treating people with mercy, uh, treating people with a love that seeks to understand them first before trying to persuade them to be a certain way, seeking to understand where people are coming from before judging what people should do. Uh, that, that sort of love which gives people the benefit um, of the doubt. And so when it comes time to choosing God's way uh, over the fast way or the easy way or the financially beneficial way, check in and see what the Word of God has to say. And then secondly this morning, how does this action stir the spirit within you? If you're facing a decision or an action that you need to make and you're not quite sure about what's going on, how does, how does it stir the spirit uh, that is within you? I like this point because it reminds us of two things. Um, firstly, that the Holy Spirit, uh, that God is always with us. Uh, and I think that often we can separate uh, God and the marketplace, or we can separate God and church. But asking how, God, what are you doing here, um, reminds us that the Holy Spirit is always with us. And, and then secondly, it reminds us that the Holy Spirit uh, is God's counsel to us. You know, sometimes when something feels wrong, 
Maybe it's just wrong. Maybe God is just speaking to your spirit. You know, sometimes when people come, uh, when people come into our office and and uh, they kind of want us to do something, I can almost sense what's going on before they say anything. Have you ever had that? When someone comes up to you, comes into a room, and, and in your spirit, you almost sense that there's something going on um, before you even need to test what they have to say or before you even uh, need to hear what they say. And uh, sometimes they give it away because they walk in and they go, oh, we've got this major problem. And that, 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 you know, that statement's a dead giveaway. Uh, and, and I kind of just sit there and go, oh, what, what do they want us to kind of fix now? Um, or what do we want to do? What do they want us to do? Um, but you sense something in your spirit before you, uh, you even get to hear or test what they have to say. And can I say this morning, church, we, we, I think sometimes we need to learn to trust the spirit that God has placed within us. I think too often it's easy to just kind of go, oh, it's just me. I'll forget it and let, let things be what they be. Let things fall how they fall. I think sometimes if, if, again, if we just have something disturb, disturbing in our spirit, then we ask the question, you know, what's stirring in our what, What's this thing that's stirring? God, God, is that you? What's going on in my life that could be causing that? What's God's word say about that? You know, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 21 says, test all things. And hold fast what is good. Test all things and hold fast what is good. You know, in the context of this verse, Paul is speaking about uh, things of the Spirit. And, and in every translation that I kind of looked up, uh, they, they all say test all things, which we know can be translated as all things. And this is important to note because uh, I think often we can forget, uh, again, that God the Holy Spirit is with us in all things. Tomorrow, as you're sitting, having your lunch, the Spirit of God is with you. Tomorrow, when things aren't going so well, and I'm not prophesying over anybody, just if you're under a bit of pressure, God, um, the Holy Spirit is with you. And again, it's important to note because sometimes I think we often forget that. And sometimes... Uh, I think that we can go into a situation and go into a decision that we're making and, and we, think that it's, we think that it's about us and the situation. We think that tension between us and a person is about our personality and their personality. We think that something that's gone wrong uh, that might be the smallest thing uh, when you really step back and look at it, which has caused some tension between uh, you and that person could be an offense that's just happened um, between the two of you. And in some cases it may be, but, uh, you know, in, in kind of seeking the Holy Spirit and, and asking uh, what's stirring within our spirit, I think sometimes we'll find that what we're actually engaged in is a spiritual battle and not a physical one. That sometimes it's not always about personalities, but about powers and principalities. Sometimes it's not always about what's going on between me and them. 
but it's about what the enemy is trying to distract from what God is walking, from the path that God is walking us on. And so it's important that we stop and seek God and seek the Holy Spirit, not only to show us a way, um, but also so we can sit and listen and discern and feel what's stirring in our spirit. God gave us those feelings. And I think it's a powerful moment when God puts his finger on our emotions and touches us in a way that we never thought uh, he could. Amen? So how does your action stir the spirit of God within you? Does it stir peace? Does it stir concern? And then finally this morning, how does the action affect people? Not only in that moment, but in the days to come. How does what you're about to do affect uh, the people who are involved? Who does it benefit? Will it hurt anybody? Is there a positive way forward for everyone? You know, so often we say that church is all about God and people. You know, I think sometimes we need to take that a little bit further. Life in all its fullness, in and outside of the church, is all about God and people. It's about the Creator and his creation. Philippians 2 verse 3 says, Let nothing be done through selfish, self, selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. From experience, sometimes easy to do, sometimes, oh no, not easy. Oh, that one must be on mine, isn't it? <laughs> Let each esteem others better than himself. If those handing out communion can come and do that now, and as I close. Have clean hands. <clears throat> Living life as righteously as we can. Understanding always that we can never be perfect. Dealing with people fairly uh, without being harsh in our intentions. Dealing with people with love. keeping in check any decision that might lead us to sin against God and to sin against others. You know, I believe that living honestly with integrity and with love for others 
uh, with righteous intentions and just with a, a heart to kind of come before God with clean hands, as righteous as we can, that not only will we receive the blessing that is talked about in, in Psalm 24, but that it will also open up doors of opportunity for our personal lives, our professional lives, our ministry lives, that one, only God can open, and two, that we've never dreamed would ever be possible for anyone like us. Can I just tell you this morning that with Christ, all things are possible. Amen? Church, don't ever limit yourself to your own perception or your own understanding. But always allow yourself to be completely open to something new that God wants to do in you. To something new that God wants to do through you. And I can stand today and testify that Debbie and I were 10 years into taking on the church that we dreamed of having. 10 years we waited for the promise of God over our life. And for those 10 years, we just continued to serve God faithfully. We just continued to love Him and love people. And I believe like He is... Uh, fulfilled the joy of leading a church in our hearts. He will fulfill uh, the desires that he's placed in your hearts for you. We continue to come with him with the virtues of integrity that we'll be learning about over the next four weeks. If we continue to keep coming to the cross like we talked about on Easter Sunday, coming to Jesus, to the altar. We continue to worship him wholeheartedly. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus Christ. Whom, because of his life, because of his testimony, because of his sacrifice. We can stand in your presence. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your altar. We thank you for the cross. And we thank you, Father God, that through that we have victory in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, we just come this morning around the communion table. And we acknowledge, Father God, that even in our best efforts, we're still not perfect. 
that even in our best efforts, we still need to come and be cleansed and washed clean. We acknowledge our need for you. Lord, we give you praise and we give you thanks. And we remember this morning who you are, your love for us, all that you've done, and your precious son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's eat and drink this morning. I want you to stand as uh, we close and I'll pray for you. So Heavenly Father, we thank you again, Lord, for uh, your presence. Lord, we thank you again for who you are and for all that you've done in our lives. Uh, Lord, we just pray for every household that's here this morning. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you'll just fill Uh, Lord, our lives and our houses with your uh, presence, Father God, Lord, that uh, this week uh, that you'll begin to bring breakthrough in a fresh way in every single life this morning. Father God, I pray, Lord, that as we go, Father, that we'll go and continue to uh, uh, hear your words echo in our minds, Father God, allow your scriptures to come to life, uh, Father, in our everyday lives. And Lord, I just pray, Father, that Uh, as we go, that you would go ahead of us and that you would lead us, guide us, and speak to us uh, this week. Father, we just pray, Lord, uh, Father, for your blessing uh, and for your healing power, Father God, over every healing need that is in this place. Father, we pray, Father, for every provision need uh, that is here. And Lord, we we just uh, thank you that you are the Lord God Almighty. Uh, who is worthy and who is well and who is well able to do abundantly above and beyond all that we could ever hope and imagine. So, Lord, we open our hearts and our lives to you this week so you can be God. And so, Father God, we invite you to be God and to be sovereign. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.